Wolverine. Wolverine. Hello and welcome to the Examination Podcast, Season 5, Episode 14. We're real excited to be bringing you the latest news around Krakoa and a super important podcast episode. Not only do we have tons of comic and movie news, we also wrapped up the first volume of X-Men in this post-Krakoa era. It really feels like a transitional point, and it, it makes you appreciate how far we've come along. This week, we're going to be talking New Mutants, number 18, X-Men, number 20. Joining me in this discussion is Dane Rainier. If I died, would you guys put me in a Nimrod? Mm. Mm. Do you love me that much? Mm. Well, all right, think on it. Think on it. I don't know if you'd stick. Uh, And Kelsey Struts. Get ready to bleep this. We'd put a rod in your Nim. (laughs) I think that I think we can let that go. Censors, it's okay. We're gonna allow it. All right. Uh, So let's go ahead and jump into this week's uh, issues and this week's news. Um, and I, I guess we'll jump into Cerebro first, but I'm real excited to talk, uh, comics and what they mean this week. So in the news, we're going to jump into, um, some movie news and I think we'll leave the comic news until after we talk X-Men 20. Sound good to you guys? Yeah, I think that probably works. All right. So movie news, we're going to start off in, uh, chronological order here and we're going to start with, uh, the release of... The newest Marvel trailer, which was Eternals. This has been cooking for a while. Uh, the pandemic stopped it from being in our homes in the fall, uh, or not the fall, the summer. And now it's going to be here this coming fall, I think uh, November release. So the Eternals trailer dropped. We got to see lots of Game of Thrones alum, lots of A-list female celebrities, uh, and, and, and some cool people. Like This has a cast cool that I'm people. excited about. Has an well, I'm just saying, like Atlanta, like mm-hmm. all sorts of great actors, um, Camille, like all sorts of great actors. But that said, do the pieces come together for you? Oscar winning director, amazing cast. Where, where are you guys at? I don't know anything about the Eternals, really. And other than they got an ugly baby. Well, and then after watching that trailer, I still don't know anything about the Eternals. So there's a part of me that says that's not maybe not a great trailer because I don't I don't know what they are. I don't know what to possibly be excited I, about. I think they're an alien royal family of some kind. They question mark. It, they're not it, inhumans. Yeah. Okay. Um, don't quote me on that. The the <laughs> way the trailer looks to me is they are going the original Thor route. Where they're looking to, they're aliens, super powerful. You know, they obviously, some of them at least, wind up on Earth at a certain point and they take part, but don't directly interfere too much, but they take part in it and affect it in certain ways, maybe. Uh, so it they just like, ignored that whole Thanos thing, though. Well, it looks like they go in mythology. Well, we don't know that. They may just go into the Thanos thing. Were were they just immune to it? You wonder, or do, were they like the unlucky side of the fence where like somehow all of them got snapped? And what you know what I mean? How it's not necessarily like somehow all the classic Avengers survived. Oh, but uh, none of the Eternals. I'm I am wondering if they don't all die at the end of this. No, no. You think there's no way Marvel's making movies and just killing everybody? 
I mean, well, Star Wars and, and there was a joke at the end of the trailer where they're like, now that Cap's gone, who's going to lead the Avengers? And I'm pretty sure Richard Madden's character, uh, so Icarus, maybe, um, says, I'll lead the Avengers. And then they all laugh. So clearly that takes place post Endgame. No, they see the future. Yeah, I, I can't. No, I don't. I know. can't tell Kelsey's wrong. Um, You know, they can be snapped away, I guess. I mean, why not? Or they're in a different planet or or they they haven't paid it they haven't gotten involved and then Thanos happened and then they got involved afterwards cuz they're like we didn't want to fight him then cuz we were afraid but now we'll show up it's a lot of A-list talent but like i said i just really don't know what's going on and i hadn't pinpointed it but you're right quentin i think in the back of my head something kept telling me this was the inhumans even though it's not what they called and i'm like yes. when does black bolt show up when does yes. the lady with the red hair show yeah, up? I you know was I mean? with you. I was <laughs> like, oh yeah, this isn't them. This is Jack Kumail Nanjani. And they could have. They could. They could have just been like, let's just do it, humans. Let's do it right. Well, it, and and there was a the thing where a long show. time ago, it, the Inhumans was going to be a Marvel Cinematic Universe movie, and I feel like they transitioned to this, so I think it makes sense that there's some connections they, and ties there. They made the TV show. Did they? Well, they made a TV show. Did they? Oh yeah, it was Didn't bad. They, it they got released that bad boy in IMAX. I think they only made theater. seven episodes, and they stopped it after three. Like Oof. it got walloped. They mm-hmm. said it was just bad. Turns out bad is bad. How how awful is that? I legitimately forgot there was an Inhuman show. Yeah, and you're right about the IMAX thing. Like they were releasing it in IMAXs too. I tried to make that such a big deal. I think it's considered more awful if you remember it than if you forget it. So I'll I guess take that as a blessing. If you remember I, it, it means you saw it. I don't think there's anything wrong necessarily with um, the idea of character. I, it's exciting to me to have this much A-list talent, though, on a property that I know so little about. Yeah. I mean, look, I'm, I'm, I'm going to see it. Uh, I want to know I, what happened, so I'm... I think the concern is what Dane just said, though, that um, you. I don't want spoilers, necessarily. I also don't really need it to have that cheesy Avengers tie-in line. I think showing Kit Harrington and, like, knowing he's going to be the Black Knight or something is going to be cool enough for me to be like, all right, MCU. But, like, I, I would have liked to have a better idea of either... I, I needed a central character to get behind by the time this trailer was over, or I needed... And I, uh, some sort of action y something to make me go, I want to watch this. I'm not doubting that it can't be good. I'm just saying it's not necessarily like something that's making me go, I got to pay money ASAP to see this in an era where everything's been streaming and it's made us really content to wait for things. Yeah, I just, I, I'll, I'll be honest, I disagree. I think the, the Avengers line was almost a necessity because there's a possibility that you watch that trailer and if that line's not in it, you have no idea this is even an MCU movie. Right. I Because I, part, part of the excitement for me is seeing how whatever this is fits into the larger MCU narrative because I don't know what it is. And that's going to be my only frame of reference. For this. You think that- so? Because I think about all these Marvel movies that, like, if I'm trying to get your money, Dane, I know that for a while here, movie theaters, before they were closed even, you weren't going to see movies in theaters when they came out on DVD. You'd go see them, but if it wasn't Avengers Endgame with eight best friends or whatever, you weren't going to the theater to see that. I think they got to work more than just say MCU to see to get to get your tickets. I think showing this awesome cast helps, 
but I'm not necessarily sure that I'm sold on the action who's yet. The, or, who's the director? Um, the I forget what her name is, but she just won the Oscar for best director. Oh, the one she directed, Nomad. I believe so. Yeah. Chloe yeah. Zhao. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Uh, thanks to our producer for checking that one out for us. I got you. <laughs> Definitely did yeah. Google that. Just took me a second well, to remember. Mm-hmm. Hey, at least I knew what else she directed then. When you're like, Oscar, oh, 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 I know that. Okay, so here, here's the next thing I was going to say. Let's, let's keep talking Marvel news. And this one isn't necessarily Marvel news as much as Sony, but no. where we're not familiar with the Eternals, somebody we're very familiar with, Craven the Hunter. What do you guys think of Aaron Taylor Johnson okay, being cast as Craven the Hunter? What a wild ball. Here's, no here's my hope. Here's my hope. Shoot it like a hunting documentary. <laughs> the whole thing. Real That's quiet, just so, huh? real, real hush tones. We're like, okay, I'm I'm gonna try. I'm gonna I'm gonna try and sneak up on him now. Now we don't wanna rustle the brush. Oh, he caught my scent. He caught my scent. Damn. Kelsey, your your uh, audio is actually better. Could you do that the rest of the the podcast, please? I could do this the whole podcast. <laughs> no, is this for, what is this for? Is there going to be a Craven movie? Yeah, dude, solo yeah, movie. Oh, solo movie. Yeah, they just cast him because he's they're going to fit him into Spider Man stuff. What if, what no, if the whole movie, movie is him going after a warthog? Like he's just hunting a warthog, a boar, right? Like that's one of those movies. It's like the Morbius movie where like. Let me go through the list of Spider-Man villains, and now let me see them on their own doing stuff. Yeah, like that's like, the that's the best property Sony thinks to develop. I mean, don't get me wrong. Well, they have the Spider-Man Rogues Gallery to work yeah, with. Okay? They're, the they're not allowed to touch Spider-Man. Dude, they're think. making into the Spider-Verse too. What do you want from them? That. Don't. No, that's not them really. Sony, Sony's part of it, but it's Columbia Pictures is making that one. I think Columbia is Sony, isn't it? That's I, it, the name of their. I think it's subsidiary, but I don't think Sony itself has that much control over that one either. I think they allowed the people who did Spider Verse the first time to roll with it. it Venom two, so- let there be carnage. Yeah, there. I feel like there are just so many, even just Spider Man villains that like, I would. Yeah, you could have done all kinds, but yeah, like Shocker. Shocker's yeah. been used. He's in the MCU. I bet they can't touch him right now. Uh Superior Foes of Spider-Man. Make it a joke. Like, no, don't do Suicide Squad, but do just what it's like to be a villain. Like a like them in their apartment trying to pay rent, trying to heist things, but the the NYPD's so well trained, so overarmed. Right. You know, like how are you supposed to do this within this lethal world? You know, what about Maybe, Black Cat? You can make a Black Cat movie. That sounds way better than Craven the Hunter. They are making. Um, a Black disagree. Cat movie. I like Craven. They are making a Black Cat movie. I'm pretty sure. All right. I think that thing's in the pipes. And well, Morbius. I'm in for that. Then Morbius, we give, knew about. Give me some Sandman. <laughs> Sandman. I hate Sandman. Why do you hate Sandman? I don't need to defend myself to you. Doc Ock. Doc Ock's yeah. being used. I mean, just Alfred Molina showing up in the new Spider-Man oh, movie. Spider-Verse, you can do whatever you want. It doesn't have to matter. Green Green Goblin? Goblin. Yeah. I don't know. That one almost seems like the easy option. It's just like... Have they done Green Goblin yet in the new MCU stuff? No. No, they have not. No Green Goblin. No Harry. No, no Norman Osborn. 
Hydro Man. <laughs> well, they did him kind uh, of. Hydro Man could could some uh, could combine with Sandman. He becomes a Mud Man. See, I've watched that movie. That sounds better than Craven. <laughs> you're you're more excited about the Mud Monster know. movie. What if what if Craven the Hunter is leading to Back in Black? Where the one where Craven guys, I remember reading over. a comic where Hydro Man and Sandman teamed up and became their Mud Monster person, and Spider Man couldn't beat him, so Venom bit him, and he bits a big enough chunk out that they fell apart. Yeah, I'd watch that. That sounds good. Are you saying Craven? Craven does have one of the best deaths in comics. Yeah, tell that story. Do you think that's what it's going to be? Hell no. All right, looking through a list of Spider-Man enemies, I don't know if you know this, he also has Pandamania, a giant panda-themed supervillain. That's all spot. I know, but he I'd has, watch that. He has the spot. Oh, that's true. The spot is dope. Yes, the spot. The Let's spot. get him on the, the... Oh, are you kidding me? That's that's right for content. The spot, the spot would be cool. Um, what about uh, spider Spider Slayer. Smythe. Smythe. Smythe, yeah. Smythe. Smythe. <laughs> All right. Well, let's go ahead and jump into this week's comics. I'm real excited uh, about what we got this week to talk about. We're going to start things off with New Mutants 19. Or sorry, 18. All right. New Mutants. Uh, Karma has uh, decided that she wants to enter the um, Crucible and would like, oh God, not Moon Moonstar. To, uh, Moonstar. Sorry, I was blanking on her name. Uh, Moonstar to officiate it for her. Uh, the purpose of it is so that Karma can be separated from her twin who she, who took over her Body when he died i'm really unfamiliar with their backstory but basically to separate their consciousnesses so they can each have their own body um during that period uh scout is attempting to talk to warpath to sort of tattle on her friends with the shadow king but she is legitimately concerned uh when she goes to confront her friends who have been getting mad watching you know m or watching empath get basically a chance to get a new body to separate from her brother while they can't just get a new body to look normal again. You know, they go off to take over bodies in the boneyard. They're confronted by scout who lays out her distrust for the shadow King. Then. Oh, what's her name? Good one. It's almost Bane. like we're an X Men podcast. Wolfbane, God, well, I just, there's a lot of new mutants, <laughs> and some of them get drawn a little similar now. But Wolfbane comes up and kind of asks what's going on, and Scout lays it out for. Her, and in a turn of events that I didn't see coming, Wolfbane simply says, "You know what? We're we're a new people here, and everyone gets a chance. So if you have a problem with Shadow King." Let's go confront him yourself and let's ask. And that's where we leave off with, you know, Scout coming face to face with Shadow King and Shadow King kind of being like, okay, let's, I'll, I'll talk this out with you. This can't end poorly. Uh, I, 
I don't know that if Shadow King's a good guy, that this is that interesting to me. Because of Apocalypse and how they've already done, like, the... You want a new bad know. guy? You want someone to be bad? Yeah, I, I wouldn't mind yeah, somebody being man. a little... Oh, I'm not saying bad, I'm just like, why does this book exist if he's not? That's That's how they get you. Because the whole time we we've spent weeks talking about is he is he good is he bad what's the twist is the twist going to be that he's good I, I disagree you guys have been talking about it I've been sitting here listening why do we think oh, he's bad on. too it's because he's some fat guy with a pencil mustache and a fez well no it's because he's a bit of bad guy his whole career. yeah they wouldn't even have to say that if they showed up and his name was Shadow King he was a fat guy with a pencil mustache and a fez we'd be going that guy's bad. In fairness, his name is Shadow King. That's not exactly quality branding for a hero. Um, I I like that approach. The approach. I could make first. a superhero named Shadow King, and he'd look super cool. By the way, I, I did like the approach though that Wolfsbane has. Like, no, it it the, her response is probably the most adult way to handle a problem. We're like, okay, you think he is up to no good? Let's go. Let's just go ask him right now. Let's let's see if we can't. You know, hash this out properly. And wait, you think the most adult answer is to leave a child with one of the most powerful psychic enemies yep. of the X Men of all time? To be That's fair, a terrible idea. To be fair, she's a clone. I mean, she doesn't have parents. That's true. Clones don't get resurrected. Well, and that's a good question. Would they resurrect her? Um, I did not care that much about empaths. Rebirth. You keep saying empath. You mean karma? Karma, because I say karma first. Empath. I'm sorry. I'm thinking hellions too much. I want aliens back. <laughs> we all are. We don't, all are. don't start quitting on a hell. All right. <laughs> now we're going to get 23 anyway, minutes of hellions. Karma. I didn't care as much about that. I still like the art style. I really enjoyed Magic's little uh, write up where she's like, hey, we've been trying to train them how to be killers. Oh. Yeah. Her cross and stuff. We've been trying to train these like kids how to be soldiers. But really, that's how we were trained, and that's not what they need. We need new resources and new, you know, methods of approach because they just need to have purpose. Like, they don't all need to be ready to die at a moment's notice or anything like that. They're not all warriors, so that's that's not how we need to be treating them. I, 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 I like how she she reminds me of Northstar in the way they are approaching their jobs, basically. Right, like, we got kids here. Why would, yeah. we, why would we train these people to be murderers? Right. The whole point of this island is that we don't have to do that anymore. Right. And again... But uh, see, I feel like Way of X already did this plot. In two issues, Way of X already covered this. Yeah, but Way of X is excellent, so don't judge everything by that standard. And, the again, they do a good job with the less-than-pretty mutants um, kind of expressing their difficulties and the question of is it okay for them to inhabit these empty or these lifeless husks where they're saying, well, no, you can't do that. It's like, well, there's no one in them. And you guys have husks just kind of like laying in there with, with egg pods or something like that. It's like, and don't tell me how to mutant. I, I'll say this. There's sort of two. That's a very human idea. Telling other people how to mutant. Right. I like that. Human splaining. Um, so I think one of, there's like two storylines going on here, right? And I think the storyline yes. of Karma and her brother is kind of interesting, but I don't know. I still just don't like the Crucible. It feels very weird 
like ritual wise to i know and that's that's fair because i thought about that that it makes me uneasy and i think that's kind of the idea and so i guess in that sense it's succeeding but i just i don't like it it's making me it felt better when apocalypse was there because it's like i ain't gonna argue with them and now (laughs) it's like can't we just talk this out it's a silver samurai, baby. He was in that Children of the Atom fighting game. So yeah, when, when do we start listening to Silver Samurai when he's like, no, we got to keep the crucible. It's what Apocalypse would have wanted. <laughs> like, you feel like the other reasonable voices in the room would be like, shut up. He Nobody wasn't even cares. invited to Ten of Swords. That is yeah, pretty he's bad. A samurai. <laughs> but I will say this: the others. Well, actually, are... hold on. Do Warlock you want Ten of Swords on your resume? To War- be fair, Warlock and Cipher got to go. Hold on. Not having Tennis Swords on his resume gives him more credibility. You're right. I That's forgot true. about that. That's true. But I thought the the Scout storyline and the Younger Mutants plays out well. It is kind of a rehashed X-Men story that gets told every so often. Yeah. But Scout felt like a real kid to me in a lot of ways, both in like seeking out advice and in trying to confront her friends. And it just it did feel like a conversation between kids where she's like you guys shouldn't do this it's wrong like no we want to be pretty too so i the dialogue say anything you're normal right the dialogue felt real to me and i think that helps carry what's otherwise a pretty routine x-men storyline and i i don't know i like scout i like laura's wolverine and i would i would say let's scrap what is currently wolverine and just make that a a laura kenny wolverine and scout book does it kid better than children of the atom yeah. Does, does it teen better than Children of the Atom? Oh, I don't full on teens better. She's not a teen. Yeah. Scout's not a teen. And their and their kids, those kids aren't dealing with what the children of the Atom are dealing with, okay? They don't actually go to real school. All right. They're all homeschooled. They don't have parents, man. They have their own houses. Okay, question. Which book is a better like youth book? What 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 should the youth buy with their currencies? The cryptocurrencies. Oh, what should they buy? I, I I couldn't tell them that. I mean, I think New Mutants is the better book, but I will say there's an argument to be made. There's a like Kelsey was talking about just in the recap. Like you kind of have to know a lot of background information to get yeah. the most out of this. You could just jump into Children of the Atom, and they're speaking just right saying. to the youths, Quinn. Right to them. Yeah, well, stre- things like I, streaming, TikToking. TikToks, high school parents not understanding. Right, yeah, man. Tale as old as time. We don't get it. We're not Utes, but you know, guys with five feet wide shoulders and gloves, gloves. on at dinner. Always gloves. <laughs> dinner gloves. People in random spaceships named Bartholomew without a superhero costume. Do you guys not have dinner gloves? Is that what I'm getting here? Well, chick, I mean, chick turning into a brood or having a secondary mutation. I, I can't tell you which. That's I, what the kids are that's doing. What we'll find days. out next month when we read the new Children of the Atom. Bold prediction. Bold prediction. We won't. All right. Uh, let's go ahead and jump into this week's uh, big X Men release, the final issue of Hickman's X Men run. Uh, we got X Men number twenty, and this book. Starts off uh, in grandiose fashion here with um, Mystique picking up on her last mission. We're going on that Orcus base adventure where Dr. Alia Greger is resurrecting her husband through the Nimrod program. 
Professor X and Magneto remind Mystique that her lover, Destiny, it's very resurrection uh, cue placement, hangs in the balance based on how they deliver on this mission of taking out Nimrod and stopping that from happening. Mystique infiltrates the base after getting a bomb uh, from Forge who creates kind of the perfect weapon for the situation, a bomb that'll destroy the orchestration without causing catastrophic uh, galactic scale nuclear level crisis uh, for Earth. Uh, Sends the uh, bomb up to orchestration. Mystique uh, successfully arms it, gets ready to leave, but Nimrod has the ability to duplicate after being placed online and is able to stop her as well as disarm the bomb at the expense of losing the part of himself that was Dr. Alia Gregor's husband. Uh, Nimrod succeeds, Mystique fails, Destiny is not resurrected, and with this news that Mystique has failed, Charles Xavier and Magneto don't resurrect Destiny, but also turn to the person that we have not seen since the ending of Powers of Ten and House of X, Moira McTaggart. Guys, this book was a direct sequel of that Mystique issue, which felt like a direct sequel of House of X. What you guys think of the story? Did it work for you? Um, does it get to Jones in, or are you happy in the Stone of X era, and why move it forward? I I really liked this. Um, for only having, you know, three X characters roughly in it, um, this this was cool. This is we've been kind of waiting for Mystique to show back up in in force. Um, you know, we've mentioned every now and then going. It's like you know, what's Mystique doing? I mean, she was planning something. Well, now it looks like okay, she was going to. They were offering her something. You do this for us, and we'll make sure we bring her back. Obviously, we know they're lying, but. She but she's got to know. I think she she she's has, desperate. She's desperate. She's desperate. But she also knows that Oracle talked to her originally and said, "Hey, you know they they may never they they won't do this." So at that point, you're just going to burn everything to the ground. And that's what this sets up, you know. And I enjoyed Nimrod coming online. I love the whole orchestration setup. I mean, they feel like a bad guy who can compete. You know, yeah. the other the other groups don't feel like they can really compete if Krakoa comes to bear against them. The Orcus people, I mean, it's it seems like a group that's like, okay, we're catching up and we're going to be able to go toe-to-toe with you. Guys, I've read them in like six issues of House of X and they felt like home again. Yeah. Yeah, I, I wanted this book like two years ago. Oh, 100%. Yeah. I don't even know who Dr. Devo is. He was in like one issue of X-Men and like the very end of House of X-7. Yep. And like, it's like, oh, Dr. Devo and the Omega Sentinel. Yes. Two of my favorite characters in this arc. Right. (laughs) (laughs) I don't remember. Was there a, you know, sometimes when they, when they do the original stories, they have like a House of X alpha and then they do like seven issues and they end on like House of X Omega issue one, you know, where they do those weird numbering things. Yeah. This feels like 
the capstone ending of one of those. We just had to wait like two years Forever for it, for it. Yeah. which kind of makes me mad that I've had to read so much stuff in between. I'm like, this is what I've been waiting for. This well, is a book. That, maybe like, you'll be excited because Inferno will come out. No, no, I am. And here's the problem. I get it. Part of it is that I think we've discussed this, that a lot of us didn't read week to week issues as much before starting this podcast we were more we'd catch up with stuff when we got our hands on it and that's way easier to do because in one book you can read like six months worth of contact in a sitting well i and i disagree with that to some degree because like this new x-men era there wasn't an x-men book outside of hickman's and it was all over the place wasn't a coherent story it was at least when you get the other ones there's coherent stories that move forward with the characters yeah well this was a weird era I feel like Hickman's X-Men, the actual comic itself, he was using to try and set up everything else, like every little space for it. Like horticulture. Mean, yes, horticulture. The brood. Well, you know, I wonder if they had to have Oh my god, there was a brood storyline. Yes. <laughs> well, and I think, if anything, Moira's reveal at the end made me just feel like Ten of Swords was even more pointless. Like, the fact that they didn't go, like, hey, Moira, like, I'm just, I would love to get that weird one-shot issue where Professor X goes to Moira and she he's like, we've got a problem. Other world's gonna invade. And she just laughs and goes, it's a f***ing arm wrestling contest. Who cares? Yeah. <laughs> it- there will be a dance contest at a certain point. I tell you, <laughs> it's BS. I don't know. It's the thing about it is this just like you'd said, it felt so natural slipping back into what it was all of a sudden. It's like all that facade of like, maybe Charles and Eric are good guys. And we've just been reading this wrong. It's like, no, like they're, they're bad guys. This is villain stuff that's going on here. You are using her for this end. And I get that everything in this and stuff, it's shadow King stuff. It is. (laughs) Hey, I got a question. Does did Moira ever? She never said why no precogs, right? That, that uh, I think it locks in time or something, doesn't it? I have no idea. I I don't know. I don't know why. I just remember like like that was her rule to them. It's like never bring back a precog, which makes me wonder: are there no precogs left out there then? Maybe well, I think they just won't hunting. resurrect them. And not part of the mutination that, like, Xavier and them. Yeah, I I feel like I would be super tempted if I was Xavier to find a precog from, like, another group and just be like, so what's up? <laughs> what's what's going on? You tell me. Or they go out killing all the precogs. Because, like, my gut tells me she doesn't want precogs because she's not who she says she is. And I, I think Moira... Inferno. Let's talk about that. So the new book is going to be X uh, X Men's Inferno. So I don't know if it's a series or an ongoing or a like mini series or something. I don't I don't know what's going on with it. But um, Inferno is going to follow Moira, and I'm wondering if she actually doesn't care about Krakoa. Maybe she just wants to end all life so she's not resurrected again. What? Um... Did, did they admit Moira was a mutant to the other mutants? I don't think other, other people even know Moira is around or a thing. No, they know she, they don't think she's around. 
The devil knows she's around. Okay. I think they know what she is, who she is. What but they, they, do- they think she's a CIA agent. But what do they that do died. about Legion? Well, that's why Way of X is actually exciting. Because, yeah, you got that guy. It's like, that's her son with, again, when we talk about Omega-level mutants, he is top tier among those people. It's like, eventually you think it's like, he finds out, you know, that she's at least there. I mean, in some ways, she's not as power. He's not as powerful as his mom. Well, no. Like but, she might be the most powerful entity. Her power has the biggest effect, probably in the end. Although his he has reality warping. Theoretically, he can just say you're not a mutant. I guess it's true. I don't know. I think we're getting into like classic comics here. <laughs> yeah, we, we, can't, like, we can't. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Get, we can't. Give we it can't to the I, so, I this comic has got me really excited for Inferno because when they first announced it, because they first kind of talked about him doing a Moira McTaggart. Yeah. But. Series. I was like, "All right, whatever." She sits in her little fishbowl and reads books. Awesome. Um, but after this, I'm like, "Oh yeah, okay, this could get really good." So, have you guys looked at the art within the Inferno teaser? No, I don't like teasers. I want to. I want to find it fresh. No, I mean just the thing at the at the back of the book that says Inferno and it has like the banner picture. I, d- I didn't look really close at it. I'll so there's art in the background of the letters and the banner, and so the I and the N has like. Magneto and what looks like probably the back of Charles's head with no, yeah, no, no, Mystique yelling, having like a yeah stern conversation. Emma Frost, and then Emma like draped sort of confidently, and then the bottom looks like Moira and a baby. Yep, that's a baby. (laughs) That, thank you. You heard it here first, folks. Kelsey has confirmed that is in fact a baby. I have seen one or two babies in my life. That is a baby. We have an expert. I mean, it also looks like it's not the artist from the book, though. No, that may be true. But I just, even if it's not, I can't. I mean, this was an accidental, right? Like, they, they dropped these little teasers for four people to, like, overanalyze. Yeah. Uh, is this the guy that did Powers of Ten? Um, On that Inferno lettering? God, that feels so long. Is that RB Silva? No, RB Silva. I think it might be. It looks like, yeah, I think it is because it's not. Loraz. It doesn't quite look like Loraz, but I'm wondering if that's RB Silva art. But I'm pretty sure he is not the um, not the person doing it. Like I said, who who the artist is is less. Big oh, that means a lot to me because I think well, they had great artists up front, and then some of the Don of X artists have. Well, no, no, I guess it, it does mean a lot to me in like how the comic is going to be. I just mean from like obviously analyzing what is this? Why? Why I mean, are the choice characters that you gave me for Inferno? Why is Emma involved? She doesn't seem to be like a huge player in this storyline at this point right now. And who's the baby? But Emma, a, a Emma's been a big deal in House of X: Powers of Ten. Like she was brought in pretty early yeah the cuckoos have also been a big presence from issue one of of his his run we we do know hickman's a big fan because of his gene gray emma frost crossover for giant size um you don't forget emma emma was half that book and and also you know he he clearly reads um morrison's run where emma became prevalent 
kind of nuts to think about the fact that we started this podcast reading a book in like summer of 19 and we've had like two years of world building to get to a point where we can read this book again. Yeah. <laughs> Cause that's what this feels like. Isn't it yeah. funny that two years ago we read a book we like, and now we're reading another book we like. <laughs> no, I mean, I'm not trying to say like, it's been like bad in between. There have been bad parts certainly, but there's been some great parts too, but it's just nuts to think we just spent two years basically fleshing out what Krakoa is and what's going on. And then we're like, Hey, remember that story we teased a long time ago? We're actually going to tell it now. Cause for a while there, I remember we, every episode we were like, what's Mystique going to do when she's going to do it. And right, then we just kind of stopped. Saying. Yeah. I'm, we just sort of stopped saying it. Cause it was like, okay, I'm gonna I guess say, I'm going to say it again. I'm going to say it again. I hope she somehow gets Sabretooth loose and he gets to be loose on the Island. Oh, for sure. I hope there's a series of like monster movie esque stuff happening though you know Sabretooth kills the five i don't know so you know <laughs> I, I was hoping bad. for a um cabin in the woods style unleashing of the dirty mutants that they hide in the bowels of the island like where they all pop out and they're just like who do they hide in the bowels of the island just Sabretooth's the only one because they apparently omega red can be saved and so can shadow king yeah yeah or just like some clone monsters some sinister clone monsters just let loose on the island. I'm a big proponent of the theory that Moira is evil and that Sinister betraying the mutants in Powers of Ten was, is a plot twist. Like, he's the good guy. Him and his Hellions. I, man, Hellions has and, got its clutch. And I think, I think we don't understand. I think he purposely made us think like, oh, Sinister betrayed everybody and brought the end of the mutant nation. I think he's the hero. And I that Krakoa was corrupt from the get-go. He's currently blackmailing a woman with her child that's yeah. been kidnapped, so I don't know if he's... Okay, hero is a strong word for it. <laughs> he's the hero. hero. He's the hero we deserve, but not the one we need right now. It's <laughs> surreal. <laughs> but, like, if Moira's the villain, are we, is that because Xavier and Eric are also... The villain? Are they in cahoots, or is she keeping stuff from uh, here's them? Thing. I, Xavier, I think she's using them as a tool. Xavier and Magneto are like any high, high level leader. I mean, the whole Crap. using using Mystique like that because it's like, well, we gotta use her. We can't give her this though. Oh, and that's a hundred percent true. Like, you know, like I, we can't. exactly heroes either. Yeah. No, of course not. But like, but here's the thing. You're Xavier right. Xavier's doing her dirty. Dirty, <laughs> dirty, dirty, dirty. You can paint Xavier and Magneto as leaders doing what they have to do. The story is intentionally not doing that. They're clearly painting them as bad guys in this book. Like, Oh, yeah. The, 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 behavior, the behavior is not good. I was about to say the camera angle, but... Like those panels at the end of this looking book, down on where it's her. clearly yeah them looking down, and she's like, "What about Irene?" And there's what just that Irene? the blank panel, yeah. and then be like, "What about her?" Like they are purposely going out of their way to be like these guys are major a holes. Yeah, yeah. That but is such a, such a good couple panels though, just because they they take the opportunity to take the beat with that blank panel with no text, and it's just like, "What about her?" Yeah. Okay, so here's the question. Let's talk let's talk House of X, let's talk Ten of Swords, let's talk Inferno, let's talk the larger narrative 
and and, and you bring Hellfire up two, reflecting two years of story. And Hellfire Gal is another one of those things where it's yeah. like I forgot about the Hellfire Gal. I don't know how it starts next month. Yeah, it's next ish, next week. Um, is is this the is it going to be a ten year event? Like, am I going to be reading this in eight years, finishing up the storyline? I think when, it's very possible. If the movies start showing up and they have to redirect what they do. So think about this. If this is a story broken into like five parts, this is part two and we're two years down the road. I mean, what if it is just every two years we get the next piece of Hawksbox? You think eventually they just kill Moira and it resets everything? That's how when Hickman says I'm done. I mean, it, it is kind of it's an a fail safe, man. That is it a, is kind of a, that if, you, safe. if you ever have to boot, Hick, you think it was part of the Hickman pitch. He's like, here's my idea. It sounds drastic, but here's the good news. If you if ever want to can me, you just kill Moira and go back to where Whoa. you were. Yep. Pretend it didn't happen. It never happened. That is an interesting piece. I w- that would be a good inclusion of a pitch, a, a built-in self-correcting mechanism. Right. Look, if I screw it up, you guys can go back to the start. Yep. Easy. Yeah. Easy. Just with not having backed up your files for two or four or six years or however long it is. How long? As long as Also, one last uh, discussion point about the issue. There was that part where they're like, the bomb will only take out the station. It'll leave the Sentinel garage up and something else. And I'm like, oh, you know for sure that their station will get blown up, but they'll all escape on Sentinels or some, something. And then it was like, nope, the whole thing got... I love how just Mystique just got rejected so hard. Like, failed the mission in did every it, conceivable way. Did Nimrod just defuse the bomb? Like, it doesn't go off. I think he, like, absorbed it with one of his clones or something. One of his copies. Standard robot array. He does have the standard robot array. Yeah, yeah. Dude, or, or Nim- he takes it and like fl- flies it off. He flies it off. Yes. Okay. Flies off with it or something. Dude, Nimrod is a beast. Can we just say that? No, we. Knew yeah, that. that's like. Do you remember how many awesome things we were talking about during Hawksbox? I was like, Nimrod, man, this is the only villain I want. It's like we're getting it. We're getting. I'm Nimrod. telling you, plot twist: Orcus are the good guys. Sinister is a good guy. I don't. The, na- I don't the think- nation's bad. Okay, Or Orcus is be- being the bad guy. I I wouldn't necessarily see them as that. They're, I mean, we've talked we've talked yeah. about this. It's like, what would they're, what would you? Their response to a situation. Yeah. yeah, it's like they're Maybe, responding to what they perceive as a very viable threat. I think I think the difficulty in painting it as a because that's the problem. I think the good guy bad guy thing is it. It's much easier to paint people as bad guys when you hate somebody because of their, you know, their genetics. Yeah. But now the enemy of the X-Men, at least to Orcus, is much more consolidated as a nation, right? And nations hate each other all the time. Nations go to war over stuff yeah. all the time. And so it does well, especially a, the line a little more. A nation with a Xeno attitude. Right. Yeah, that escorts other nations. Yeah, we are better than you. Throwing around the medicine thing. I was like, yeah, we could cure you, but uh, you, know, you better be on board. If you agree to these favorable trade deals with us that solely benefit us, we'll allow you to have... The cure the COVID. We'll, yeah. we'll give you the vaccine. We've got it. Enough of it to give to literally everybody. Um, but we want you to know we are superior. We also want to plant these uh, portals on all of your, your countries so we can come and go as we please. 
yeah, especially in high traffic areas. So just deal with it being. Yeah, and, uh, no, I don't want your your immigration agents talking to us or anything. No passports. Yeah. Nothing. You can't come here. They're yeah. gateways for us to come to you. Nothing else. Yeah. You think this was a way for uh, all like there hasn't been like big video game versions, but like Strike Force, all these like Marvel games that have like House of X costumes for people. Like, I think it's kind of funny if Hickman really is setting up the X-Men to be the bad guys and he's watching all these people like, I don't know, make figures and hero up as characters, even though they're just like. But, but I, think I think you're right that the X-Men, the team that's coming up, they'll be good guys. I mean that they'll, they'll be heroes again. Oh, Cyclops and Jean Grey? No, they're not. They're they're not gonna just say. I'm just gonna put this out there. Every person on that team's been resurrected before. All um, been tampered with. Yeah, fair. All right, let's talk. Uh, let's talk. Oh, did Storm ever get resurrected? Well, she's in the issue of New Mutants. Yeah, but has she ever been resurrected? Did she die on the Orchid Station? No, she didn't go. Remember, no. she was the one giving the big speech. I think you're right. I don't think she has been resurrected. And I think they're pulling her back right now. Hmm. Oh, we looking for another Krakoan conspiracies episode? Oh. All right, let's go ahead and hop into the danger room. See if we're ready for the Inferno ahead uh, by playing 20 questions where the contestants have 20 yes or no guesses to figure out the person, place, thing, or idea from the Marvel Universe. And let the questioning begin. Oh, it's Nimrod. Is this a oh, character? That's all the time we have today. <laughs> oh my no. god, let's overuse that joke again. Uh, <laughs> let's, uh, <laughs> let's go ahead and uh, say no, it's not a character. Is it a place? No, it's not a place. Is this an object? Yes. Is this object... Mechanical in nature? No. Not a machine? Is this object larger than a loaf of bread? Ooh. No. Is this object a weapon? No. Is this an object closely associated with the X-Men? Yes. Do you when you say that do you mean the series like the the property or do you mean the team itself? Mm. Let's say the property. Yes. Makes is, me feel like the team, the answer would be no, then. Is this uh, is this object or, organic or biological? No. So non-organic, but non-mechanical. Is this object cosmic? No. Associated with the property, X Men. 
is this object associated with a specific individual? Yes. Is this object worn? Yes. Was the individual associated with this worn object featured in this week's comics? Yes. Did this character appear in... Is the character this object associated with, did they appear in New Mutants this week? No. Well, at least knocked out a lot of characters. That's why, yeah. All right. So it's theoretically an object associated with, what, Xavier, Magneto, Mystique, Forge? Um, Moira. It's true. Any of the people on the station. But it's, so, it's closely with the X-Men property. Here, let me ask you. Do you mind if I ask one? Yeah, if you got us something. That's a good one. Is the character this is associated with a villain? Yes. There you go. Now, in is, fairness, one can is, make the argument. Is this worn on their head? This object? Yes. Okay. Well, what are you going for? Magneto's helmet, because it's not mechanical. It's not a machine. It's not organic. It's not a weapon. I don't know the size of Magneto's head, but I assume it's smaller than a loaf of bread. Be close. Uh, would you describe this item as a helmet? Mm, no. Okay, Just then I don't think it's... Rebro? I, I would describe Cerebro as a helmet at this point. Just waiting for Quentin to go, well then, yes. <laughs> All right, so not a helmet, but it does go on your head. And it's associated with somebody in X-Men that's a villain. The little skull thing on Mystique's mm -hmm. forehead? That was what I was starting to think. I don't know what that is. Do you want to ask if it's Mystique? Is this character that the item is closely associated with Mystique? No. There's a lot of deep thought in that for a no. But it's worn on their head. Who wore anything on their head this week? Well, nothing says they wore it. They do wear it, though. Well, no, I mean that th th they specifically wore it in this one. Would you describe the object as a mask? Yes. Who, who are you thinking that wears a mask normally? Is the character this is associated with Destiny? Yes. Oh. 20th question, is this Destiny's mask? <laughs> yes, it is. All right. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. First panel of X-Men number 20 is Destiny's mask covered in flames. Why did I why did I think her name was Oracle? <laughs> you got well, Oracle. It says then, then the Oracle. Oh, okay. On the words for that. So I actually don't know what that's it's Hickman speech if I've ever seen it. I knew, yeah, I was like, that's me. <laughs> All I know is she was a hell of a Heroclix piece. Yeah, she was.
yeah. very cheap way to get hold of probability control. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, that is about all the time we got for this week. Uh, real excited for Inferno. Uh, hopefully that book's got the momentum to keep us going in between hell and the Hellfire Gala. Yeah, baby. Get your dress clothes on. It's gala yeah, time. Gala time, baby. I thought yeah. I thought Mystique was going to Forge to get her an outfit. You know, <laughs> Forge was one of her former lovers, too. She was yeah. just surrounded by lovers in this issue. Wait. Dude. Next week, are we all going to dress up? You know who? There's only a few people. Like, Wolverine's missing, but Iceman, also one of Mystique's lovers, before he realized yeah. he was a gay teenager. Guys, you just dodged my question there. Oh, are no, we, we dressing, dressing up. up for the gala? We dressing up. All right, what's we'll dress up for the gala. What's the first? Right. What, what, what's next week? What are the issues next week? I don't um, know actually because the end of the book is it one, doesn't it's one give of those, dates. Yeah. Okay, I'll, I'll let you know. Uh, we'll figure it, it out. Is, but we're coming no, no. dressed up. I, I oh. got it. So it is. Let me filter the just Marvel books. That'll help. All right. So we've got X Force number twenty, Marauders twenty one. Hellions 12. Yes. I don't like having that many issues in one week, but if, if one of them is Hellions, yeah. Okay, uh, Marauders three. feels like a big one, too, and X-Force. If it's three, we can handle that. I thought you were just going to keep going for a second. I was, yes, like, seven. We're gonna I, I was worried I was going to keep going. <laughs> no, but, so but um, is that the week we want to, or do we save it for planet size? I mean, I think this is the debut. I think we dress up for the debut. I mean, again, this is an audio-only podcast, so nobody's uh, we'll, going to we'll know. Po- we'll post a pic somewhere. We'll but maybe Twitter. maybe you'll hear like the light choking in my throat from a tie being pressed up around it. Who knows? Well, your you throat? May- what do you mean by that? A for- Your forehead? A tie can't be on your throat. What are it's you? So, some kind so, of human? So Yeah, I was going to say, so human of you. All right, now I can't wait to see what you guys are wearing. <laughs> All right. We'll talk to you later, here. guys. We're going to be the best dressed. Hi, and thanks for listening to the Examination Podcast. If you enjoyed the podcast, write us a five-star Omega-level review that would make us mutant and proud. We would really appreciate it. Me and the guys love Talking Nerd, and we want you to be a part of the conversation as well. If you have any topics you want to discuss, questions to ask, or suggestions for the Marvel 20 Questions Danger Room segment, you can always get connected with us. Email us at q.examination at gmail.com. Remember, examination is E-X-A-M-E-N-A-T-I-O-N. You can also follow us on our Twitter handle, at examination, spelled the same way. Or visit our website, examination.blogspot.com. Thanks again for listening. We love having you be a part of our community, and we can't wait to hear from you. See you next week.